This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. A new head coach and boy genius, Mike McDaniel, the fastest cheetah to ever roam the football field, and an actual left tackle? Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. Before we jump into a fresh episode of Finsider Radio, Jake and Josh want you to please, please, please hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet. Subscribing to the show is the best way to know when Jake and Josh have something cooking in the kitchen iTunes, Spotify, it doesn't matter. Following helps others find the show, and we want to thank you for that. Now, let's talk some dolphins. Just days away from the Miami Dolphins week two matchup versus the Baltimore Ravens, Miami's first road test of the year and a place where things have not gone quite as expected for a very, very long time. We have lots to talk about in this episode of SB Nation's Finsider Radio, the Jake and Josh show. But before we get into all of that, let me welcome in the greatest co-host in the world, the one, the only Jake Mendel. Jake, it's Friday, baby. How you doing today, man? Josh, you know it's a good week when you open up Twitter and the first thing you see is Greg Camarillo rip a slant for 60 yards and the Dolphins go 1-15. in That is kind of where we're at right now when we talk about the Baltimore Ravens. You know, we think about the 1-15 in season, but Josh, we're approaching a very tough challenge as Miami Dolphins fans. Miami, your Dolphins have not won in Baltimore since 1997. I was three years old. Where's the queasy meter at? Yeah, I was going to do my best not to bring up that word at all during this <laughs> podcast. So you're not even going to bait me into it this early. Um, But I did write down 24 to 13. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar had three rushing touchdowns. I know, again, we talked about him on the pod with Merrick. He was that guy that you thought was going to help Marino take that offense to the next level. But, dude, they have not won there since 1997. So, I mean, I know Dolphin fans, their confidence is, you know, at an all-time high right now, despite, you know, the civil war that's going on, Jake. I don't even know if you want to talk about that. But I'm ready for this Baltimore Ravens game because, yes, they beat the New England Patriots. But let's be honest, Baltimore Ravens, that's a true playoff contender, and that's a team that, you know, strikes fear in opposing teams. It's going to sound a little cliche talking about Baltimore. I mean, this is such a consistent team. Um, but as we go through this and, and we look at Baltimore's win over the Jets last week, I I don't know about you, Josh, but but I don't really see the Raven. The, yes, Lamar Jackson is a is a top end quarterback. Uh, Harbaugh is a top end coach, and they have gem pieces. But but to say this is like a, a Ravens team that's like fighting for a, a top four seed, 
I'm not necessarily sure that's something we saw in the first week of the season. And to kind of make a bigger picture on that, I don't, I already see people saying this is like a real test uh, for the Dolphins. And I just want to put it out there. Hey, there's 15 games after this. So whatever we take away from this game, just remember, we're not one in seven after losing to the Jags. No, and just remember right now we're one and oh, and I don't think that you, if you were on social media, you'd truly understand that. But Jake, you're right. I mean, when we looked at this schedule at the beginning of the year, the first four games, if we got out of that two and two, we'd feel really good about where things are. Right. So um, you're right. This isn't the same Ravens team. You know, they're missing a lot of pieces. But um, when you have a player like Lamar Jackson, who can be deadly with the ball in his hands. Um, you know, good things could happen if you're Baltimore, but that, that was not the case last time, Jake. Let's jump right into it. The last time these two teams met, uh, week 10 of 2021, the Miami Dolphins won 22 to 10. Um, they blitzed Lamar Jackson. I have an F ton, but then I actually found the uh, official number from ESPN. They blitzed the defensive backs 24 times in that game and 18 times they brought two defensive backs or more. So they just blitzed the heck out of him, used that, you know, n- zero blitz look and uh, cause confusion. But Lamar Jackson promises it's going to be a much different story on Sunday. Yeah, right. And that, that's kind of the thing. We touched on it with Merrick. Like we the the way to beat this Baltimore offense is to contain Lamar Jackson. And, and Josh, I have some I have some stats. I want to crack an egg knowledge over your head real quick. Uh, last week, Josh, the Ravens had 12 drives. Three of them gained more than one first down. Three of them. They had 10 drives that started in their own territory. Only one of them, one of them made it all the way past the 50-yard line and into Jets territory. So, Josh, I think we should start this and just kind of build on this and talk about Miami's defense because clearly we're we're throwing shade at the offense right now. But but I think this defense is really what's going to guide this game uh, because Baltimore is a team that I think is going to want to take deep shots. And, uh, you know, the, the best way to stop deep shots is don't let guys get behind you. Yeah, we must say, you know, uh, James Prost is unlikely to play. I think he's questionable right now, and it does sound like they will have J.K. Dobbins. So, I mean, that's going to help that offense immensely. I think they were a bottom five team last week rushing to football. So you would hope that, you know, Baltimore, at least in their minds, they're going to come in here and try to establish that run. And I think that's where we got to feel pretty good coming into this game, right? I think their offensive line's also a little bit shaken up, kind of like ours. But uh, our front seven looked awesome last week, you know, with all those guys up front. Um, Zach Zeeler did his part. Christian Wilkins, Raekwon Davis starting to show up so um, I'm excited to see the way Josh Boyer is going to game plan against them because he spoke earlier in the week about how he's been spending extra hours in the office you know trying to devise a game plan for one of the most explosive again offenses again yes they're without some pieces but um, yeah man this defense is gonna have to step up to the challenge and so far they did it last week right Rashad Bateman caught two of five targets last week. That's for 60 yards and a touchdown. I mean, you hear two of five. It's pretty ugly until you hear that. Um, he'll probably be going against Xavier Howard, who was thrown at just once last week. And, you know, he he played a game in taps with Javon Holland. Uh, where one of the, the first queasy matchup I have here, Josh, Nick Needham, he allowed five catches for 96 yards on six targets last week. And then you got Devin Duvernay, who caught all four of his targets for 54 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, I don't want to say that Nick Needham is anywhere near the X factor this game, Josh. I want to I want to build on what you said about how the Ravens struggled running the football uh, because they started going under center last week against the Jets. And I think a big reason to do that is they wanted to utilize their rookie uh, center there, Tyler Lindenbaum, who is better in a zone scheme when he can get out there and move around. Lindenbaum, Josh, had a 22 grade uh, on pass plays last week. 
He had a grade of 73 on rushing plays. So to me, when I look at Tyler Lindenbaum, the guy who's going to be in the middle of this offense, uh, I know Baltimore is trying to open it up, do a little more zone running because Lindenbaum is a kind of an undersized center. So when he has to hold that line and prevent, you know, penetration right up the middle, I don't know if he can do that. So when you're talking about Zach Sealer, Christian Wilkins, Raekwon Davis, Josh, I, I see that as a very tough matchup because I can see the Dolphins getting right through there, attacking up the middle, but all of a sudden there's a challenge that comes out of that because you you push pressure up the middle. Uh, Lamar Jackson is going to start to roll out, so it comes all about containing. And to me, this, wow, dude, I'm such a Dolphins fan. Let's listen to this spin zone. To me, the fact Baltimore is on their third left tackle scares me just a little bit because – I can see Emmanuel Agba, Melvin Ingram beating these guys off the edge almost instantly where they do it too quick and Lamar Jackson just kind of spins around and all of a sudden the containment's gone and you kind of lose focus to the, um, you know, doing your job aspect when you can just beat a guy and try to get to the quarterback as fast as possible. Yeah, and that's a little bit of concern because as we've seen throughout preseason, it kind of trickled into the season. The Dolphins have struggled to tackle. You know, sometimes it takes more than one or two guys at the ball. So, you know, you let Lamar Jackson break one and that's game over. You mentioned Tyler Lindeball, and that was a guy that many Dolphin fans, myself included, would have liked to see. You know, I was joking. I think I wrote in the rundown, you know, you would like to hear how he's battling some of these guys throughout camp. We wish he was a Dolphin, but um, I take all that back thinking about how well Connor Williams played. But um, Jake, you're absolutely right. I think the way the Dolphins are attacked is they attack up the middle and then off the edge, you mentioned how you're going to contain him. Yes, you have Ogba. Yes, you have Ingram. Maybe Trey Flowers gets involved. We want to see more out of Jalen mm-hmm. Phillips this week. But it's those defensive backs, like we mentioned earlier, you know, that they bring the heat. They had Brandon Jones last week. You saw just, I mean, dude, that guy is a talented, talented, you know, the way he times it and just how it's schemed up. And then Javon Holland, I was floating around the highlight clip of him last season. That dude was all over the field. So, I mean, again, they have the blueprint in place, but um, these are professionals and Lamar Jackson, um, Greg Roman, is he still the offensive play caller over there? Um, I yes. mean, they're they're yeah. going to have a, a game plan in place and I'm excited to see the way it, it ends up because again, man, they have so many different versatile pieces that they can stand up, they can back out, they can play in pass coverage. Um, it's going to be a, a true chess match. Yeah, Mark Andrews, for instance, lined up in the slot 25 times last week. He was in the backfield twice. He was in line six times. That's the perfect example of one of those um, weapons you're going to line up all over the place. He's a little scary, yeah. Seven (laughs) targets. That's kind of the big wild card because if you're bringing in those fast guys to try to, you know, chase down Lamar Jackson and keep up with him, Mark Andrews runs right over those fast guys. I don't know if he runs over Brandon Jones, and he definitely doesn't run over Javon Holland. But if you're playing nickel and you're playing dime, that's where – Mark Andrews can really make that yak uh, become available. So Josh, as someone who I think you get the the practice or the injury reports emailed to you, you get a carrier pigeon to you. How are we feeling about Eric Rowe? Because I mean, for a year and a half, he was kind of the tight end stopper. So I'm kind of curious because I feel if you put Rowe back in the mix, uh, this secondary just becomes so much more physical and can slow down, you know, a big tight end. Yeah, well, I'm the clown. I do not get this stuff emailed to me. I'm I just time it and I kind of know when they release it. So I'm that poor bastard that's sitting there refreshing the injury report. But you mentioned Eric Rowe, and that's exactly where we needed to go with this. Practice full on Friday. Sounds like he's getting ready to play. And I mean, uh, we used to joke he was a tight end racer. You know, we I'm sure I have a cut up of him shutting down Zach Ertz. You know, he did play 
Uh, I think he had a shaky game against Darren Waller, but who doesn't? So I'm excited to see, you know, with him installed in there, then again, then you can allow uh, Brandon Jones and Javon Holland to attack the passer. But at the same time, you know, Eric Rowe has a little bit of that to his game as well. So um, it's just, again, a chess match. And I'm just excited because the Dolphins have so much talent on the defensive side of the football. Um, I guess I do feel a little better about the matchup as far as the secondary, Xavier Howard. Uh, I mean, Rashad Bateman's a hell of a young receiver, but Xavier Howard should be able to, you know, handle him. But, uh, you know, Needham versus... Uh, Duvernay, I think Prosh again's out of lineup. And then you got Darth Cater roaming around there. So our secondary, um, maybe heading into the season, we didn't feel that confident in. But after last week, I feel a lot better, especially with the matchup at hand. And then, too, just to touch on it, I think J.K. Dobbins is going to play for the first time since uh, since he was a rookie in 2020. If you don't remember, last year, 2021, he got hurt in the preseason um, and if it is J.K. Dobbins back, I have a hard time imagining that he'll be, you know, the featured back. And we could expect some good old friend of the, the Miami Dolphins, Kenyon Drake, a little revenge game for him. He led the team last week, 11 carries for 31 yards. So, Josh, uh, give me like a scale one to 10. How, how concerned are you with someone like J.K. Dobbins coming back? The last time I checked that the Ravens are favored by three and a half points. I mean, if you're hearing Dobbins is active... I don't even know if that moves the spread at this point. I mean, we just don't know. He's coming back to football. He's young. He's a very talented back. But I mean, to say someone can kind of walk onto the field in their first game and have a major impact, I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, and you bring up a good point. I mean, I think the world of J.K. Dobbins, he was that guy. I probably had him ranked higher than Jonathan Taylor. Don't don't kill me, people. But, um, you know, I really <laughs> thought he's special. But you're right. These guys don't just come back from these um, injuries and, you know, right back to where they were. So I, I don't know if it does move the needle. And again, I think with the way the Dolphins defensive line played, I mean, again, early on in that game, they seemed like they were having some trouble stopping the run and then they just latched down and it was just, you know, nighty night for the Patriots. So um, he's a talented player. If he comes back ready to go, him and Kenyon Drake, that's a great one-two punch. And Josh, to, to kind of wrap things up here, I, I think the main goal, I think getting to Lamar, breaking news, you get to the quarterback and, and you cause a play or two, but I think bringing that pressure up the middle and sticking to your guns on the outside, making sure he doesn't get out of the pocket and runs wild. I think, I think that's a very safe way to kind of push this game in the right direction, especially when you consider, I mean, you look at Baltimore's offense last week, it wasn't consistent. They were taking shots. You know, it was, it was a Friday night at the club in the middle of Miami. They, they like to throw the ball deep. So if the dolphins can do what they do, which is, force a team hey if you want to score at us you got to get four first downs you got to get five first downs and you better hope you don't make a mistake with someone coming over the middle to cause a fumble or interception and to me that's like a perfect matchup for the Ravens but you know the way this team is also built if Baltimore can get up to a 14 nothing lead it's going to get kind of scary because the offense can open things up and I don't know if Miami can really pin their ears back and keep Lamar Jackson contained if the game isn't close you know for at least most of it. Yeah, and you mentioned keeping Lamar Jackson contained. Um, Merrick kind of touched on it in the last pod. Um, who would you have, you know, spy him? We talked about bringing the pressure off the edge. I mean, I know Channing Tindall was that guy that a lot of fans got hyped up about, but the more I think about it, you know, I think he played 12 or 13 snaps on special teams. They might not have that confidence in him. So um, I talked about a little bit on the last one, Jerome Baker. Could he be that guy, Jake? Do you think that this could be his game where he's, um, you know, that playmaker that we expect in the middle of our defense? I mean, again, there was a list going around the one season, you know, who's the most overrated Dolphin player. And I thought, you know, from a fan's perspective, it might be Jerome Baker. And I just feel like I'm waiting for that one you know truly elite game I guess is that too crazy to think that this could be it where he's sitting there shadowing Lamar Jackson completely shutting him down or would you have someone else doing that job 
No, Jerome Baker definitely needs a hey, remember me game or even just like a hey, remember me play, whether it's, you know, deflecting a ball for an interception or just making a, a, a big stop on third down. He hasn't had that yet. Obviously, we're just one game in, but but I think I agree with you. He's not necessarily one of those players who's going to make a big time play. Uh, one other game, name I want to bring out to you, Josh, he's kind of struggled in coverage in the past. Week one, he was fantastic blitzing, and that, that's Brandon Jones. I'm curious to see if he's lined up at the line of scrimmage nearly every play just to kind of take a couple steps back and, and just chase Lamar Jackson around and, and not at his goal, basically, don't get caught up in the mucky muck inside the trenches. Uh, that's another one I could see being pretty interesting because if, if, you know, Lamar beats him twice, but Brandon Jones gets like one big hit to kind of make him think twice, I think that's just as good as stopping him every time, to be completely honest. Yeah, I mean, I I know you're thinking about that image that uh, someone from the athletic I think tweeted out about um, Mac Jones getting buzzed in half like a magician's uh, assistant. Yeah, was. that was amazing. And I mean, that's just these dolphins. They're out there head. They're not head hunting, but you know what I mean. They're going out there and trying to inflict their will in this game. I think Javon Holland even mentioned that early in the season. I want defenses to you know have to game plan for me and to feel my effect in the game. So uh, I think we talked about the defense, Jake. I think we're going into this. That's our strongest unit right now. Let's take a break, and when we come back, let's talk about what the Dolphins' offense has to do to defeat the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibitive. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Josh, I'm pretty impressed that we made it in an entire week before we're casually talking... Yeah, you know, we might be without both tackles this week. You know, it just it just seems like we can't have nice things. Uh, update Friday after the update. It does seem like Tron Armstead's going to play through the toe injury, saying, you know, he's played through worse. However, Austin Jackson, the right tackle, is headed to IR. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be right around the four weeks. I don't think it's going to be much longer than that. But, Josh, those, I mean, breaking news, you don't want injuries. But to kind of hear that all of a sudden it's already the tackles that are, you know, struggling to stay healthy. I mean, we kind of get the feeling of, oh, no, here we go again. Yeah. And I mean, again, when you pay a uh, Teron Armstead all that money, you hope that he's at, you know, solid piece that you can count on for more more than just one week of the season but it does sound like he's going to toughen through that maybe that's just something that we should start to expect you know him showing up on this you know limited vet rest questionable maybe and then he's good to go for game day I mean you see the way Mike McDaniel goes about some of these injury reports I mean it seems like he's giving you the minimum information Austin Jackson I mean part of me wants to mourn over that he's not getting his chance you know to to show what he can do but I don't know that there's that significant of a drop off between him and Greg Little Jake I mean I'm not an offensive line guru by any stretch of the imagination but um either way you know whether it was Austin Jackson which, whether it was Greg Little you needed to see more out of that right side especially when it's to his blind side especially when you're going against a Baltimore Ravens defense that's hungrier than ever 
as much as we are so infatuated with Miami's passing offense, Josh, I want to start with the run game because when we look at what Mike McDaniel was trying to accomplish and some of the trends of last week, I think my favorite one, my favorite one by far is that this isn't an offense that throws an incomplete pass on first down. They run for negative two yards on second down, and then uh, you get sacked on third down and you punt on fourth and 17. Uh, the Dolphins had 14 third downs against the Patriots. Half of those, seven of them were for three yards or less. Now, we can look at Miami in the big picture and say, well, there were six of 14. That that doesn't look too great, considering more than half of, or half of them uh, were for three or less yards. But that would rank 11th in the NFL if they can sustain that for a season, if we're comparing to last year's numbers. So, Josh, when you consider the fact that, hey, like the Dolphins kind of played some nice awareness, situational football, it was all kind of coming together. And then you can sprinkle on top, Josh. The Jets averaged 4.9 yards per carry last week. You'd assume that the Baltimore Ravens, I mean, these guys are smart. I mean, I'm an idiot. They're smart. You'd assume they play to, they, they try to play to stop the run and force Joe Flacco to throw the ball. So when I see Miami rush for 2.8 yards per clip last week and the Jets almost doubled that, I, I'm kind of interested to see if this is our first taste of the potential that Mike McDaniel's rushing offense uh, is because, you know, we – we're all jazzed up about the passing attack, the different passing routes, but I think what's going to make this offense and Mike McDaniel special starts with this running attack. Yeah. We're still kind of waiting for it to kind of get going. Right. I mean, throughout preseason, you saw, you know, they, I think what I like most is that even when it doesn't seem like it's working, he still goes for, it. you know, they never abandon the run and right. completely become one dimensional. And I think um, you look at the jets offense, they had some nice weapons, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson. Um, you know, they, the Ravens have to respect those guys, but it's not Tyreek Hill. It's not Jalen Waddle. I mean, you have to respect mm -hmm. those guys giving, you know, those soft boxes. And at that point, man, I really hope that we see this run game take off. You mentioned Chase Edmonds. Well, let's just talk about the offense as a whole. Dolphins are bottom five in the NFL in rushing with 65 yards last week. Believe it or not, again, the Ravens uh, only put, put up less than that. But I think Chase Edmonds, you know, again, he's that de facto RB1, 12 carries, 25 yards. He had the four catches. Three of those, I think, were on third down, which he was just, a you know, mm -hmm. such a factor in the passing game. And I know Mike McDaniel talked about what he can do in that aspect. So, I want to see this offensive line go out there and, you know, open up those holes, become physical, dominant, and then, you know, that run game gets going and that'll open up everything for Tua Tungvalu on that offense. And um, we're going to have the perfect game, Jake. I, I wrote down that Chase Edmonds is going to have over 100 total yards on Sunday. So I just want to make sure I get that off my chest right now. I like that. I like that quite a bit. Um, I'm a little concerned about Kalias. Campbell and Justin Houston, Baltimore's two big pass rushers there, uh, because I think one of the two stats that stuck out last week is is that when he was clean, a nice pocket, I mean, he was one of the best passers in the league, uh, but when pressure started to come down, he just started to plummet. Uh, we did see a couple scenarios where, you know, I'd get excited to see him rolling to the left, and then, you know, he'd start getting spun down just to try to throw the ball away, and I, and I think it's going to be so important to limit those hits or limit those attempts where, you know, you're just trying to get rid of the ball and it, it doesn't look too clean. It looks like it might be a fumble. It might be an interception. Considering that Baltimore got to Joe Flacco 11 times for 11 hits last week, I think Tua was hit seven times last week. So it's not like a huge bump up, but I think if you can just have enough time to get it to Tyree Kill, have it enough time to get dump it off to Chase Edmonds. Otherwise, we might have to see, you know, the Tua from last year where he came in with a broken thumb and he just kind of hucked a ball downfield. I, what, Albert Wilson, I think it was, for, the, for that catch? 
Probably. Always Albert Wilson in those big games. But I, I forgot about that, man. Tua played pretty good in that game. But um, I'm wondering if Baltimore doesn't come out. You mentioned all the times they blitzed Joe Flacco last week. Do they come out and kind of do what the Dolphins did to Lamar Jackson? I mean, Tua doesn't have that explosiveness. You know, you're not so much concerned about him taking off with his legs, although he can do it. But, I mean, if you blitz the hell out of him, it makes him have to quick speed up his process. We hear him talking all week, man, about how he can't see over the offensive line. I mean, if you're blitzing him and he can't see those passing lanes, I mean, um, that could be trouble. But I I think I like the way the Dolphins' offensive line matches up. And I think Tua, I don't want to say he's going to cook, but those that secondary, man, I forget. we. I don't have the tweet pulled up. I think you actually are the one that found it. But, man, yeah, throw it out there. Throw it out there. Marlon Humphrey, uh, they're – one a quarterback he's questionable officially officially Um, questionable marcus peters is dealing with a knee injury he hasn't played since 2020 questionable officially and then we have brandon brandon stevens quad injury he missed the last two practices (laughs) yeah so we should let to a cook And then there's also Kyle Fuller, another quarterback who tore his ACL. He's done with for the year. And Josh, I, you know, I'd love to see Baltimore do that because I think that's where we see why you brought in Tyree kill, right? If they're bringing the house to try to stop him. I mean, this was the Dolphins Ravens game from two years ago, if that's the case, but I think it's in reverse. I think Tyree kills running behind that defense going absolutely crazy. If they try to blitz too much, Uh, Josh, overall, I mean, the Miami, uh, receivers versus that secondary looks like a saucy matchup but but overall who do you see as being that key playmaker because you look at Tyree Kill 12 targets last week he averaged nine last year you had Debo Samuel averaging nine last year along with three carries that's a lot of volume right that's you know you're thinking 12 to you know 10 to 12 plays instantly go to Tyree Kill can the Miami Dolphins really maximize Jalen Waddle with only four or five targets that if, you know, that's kind of where they're stuck being just because you only have one ball. And, you know, you look at what Waddle did last year. I think he had less than seven targets, I think three times last year. So uh, to me, I'm curious to see if Baltimore, you know, great defensive team, if they try to get in front of Tyree kill and do everything, how does Jalen Waddle get incorporated? Do we see Cedric Wilson catch a touchdown? And, you know, maybe Eric Azucoma makes his debut. Ooh, I like that Eric Ezucoma. That that would be that'd be really nice. Uh, we do have to mention their linebackers. Patrick Queen's a monster. Justin Houston coming off the edge. Uh, yep. oh, I'm I'm not even gonna pronounce that name, but I mean they do have that pass rush there. But um, Jake, I think it's gonna be Tyreek Hill. I mean I can't sit here and um really say anybody else after what he did last week, right? I think you mentioned the six of eight targets, ninety four yards. I mean they sprinkle him in in the run game. I feel like you know until I see it with my own eyes, he's going to be that focal point. Um. Two rookies are starting again. So we mentioned all the list of people that were out for the Ravens. Two of their rookies are going to be probably um, plugged in there at corner. So, dude, could you imagine like one of your first games going against Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle? I mean, oh, man, I, again, licking my chops. So I'm going to go with Tyree Kill for that, Jake. I was originally going to say Cedric Wilson and kind of go off script a little bit, but it's going to be Tyree Kill. They're going to shower him with those targets. And if they bring the blitz like they did last week, I mean, they're going to try to get that ball into their hands as quick as possible. Yeah. And I, Baltimore knows they're starting uh, quarterbacks with a lot of uh, little experience. So I do wonder if it's another scenario like the Jets had last week where Chase Edmonds can get going and that 100 total yards becomes a real possibility considering that they are staying back and they're horrified that Tyree Kill is going to beat them on, in one single play. So to me, man, that, that's a very interesting matchup. I don't think this is the Baltimore defense we've seen in years past. But with that said, there are some very – Kalias Campbell, you mentioned Justin Houston. There are some guys in that unit who can – completely wreck a game script you mentioned at the top jake the ravens are favored by three and a half points the over and under is set at 44 and a half so um 
we kind of laid out the script that we hope the Dolphins abide by. Give me your thoughts. Give me a score prediction before we head out. You know, why Dolphin fans should go into this weekend overly confident, like it does seem like a lot of fans are. Yeah, so, you know, it's a Vegas sees this game being relatively close, relatively low scoring. And I'm I'm interested to see how that if, you know, there are a couple plays that, you know, you go to watch this game on uh, Game Pass and it's, you know, 60-yard touchdown, 50-yard touchdown, but that's it. That type of thing, just kind of like the Jalen Waddle touchdown. To me, man, I'm obviously going to stick with the bias of being a Dolphins fan. I mean, we don't we we record too much to come on here and say that the Dolphins are going to lose on Sunday. All right, I think I'm just going to put that out there right now. Um, here, how about this? I'm going to say 20 to seven. I'm going to go with the same exact score. I'm going to go with the Dolphins winning 20 to seven in every game until they score 30 points, and then we'll say 30 to seven. I like that. Uh, I really do. I'm going to say 24-23 Dolphins. I mean, we didn't even talk about these two kickers, but they're two of the best in all of football. Again, Great I point, think, yeah. think Jason Sanders is better. We'll, we'll pretend that he's better. But, yeah, 24-23, last-second field goal. Um, yeah, that's all I got. It's all about the big plays. The big plays are going to be the entire game. You got to keep those Baltimore receivers. You got to keep Lamar Jackson in front of you. Otherwise, it could be a long day. But that is all the time we have. I get to go out onto a turf field. I'm returning to the football field, going to cover a game. So I'm excited to do that. But man, it's a great prove it weekend for the Dolphins. It is a great opportunity to really put a lot of people out there who I've even heard some people using Ravens as like their best bet, their survivor type of thing. So this isn't a, you know, a season defining game, but it's a great test. And, you know, it can be a nice confidence boost considering that all of a sudden you got the Bills and the Bengals on the other side. Yeah, it'd be nice to work up that momentum, beating the Patriots, beating the Ravens, heading into that Bills game. I mean, um, you couldn't ask for a better start to the season. But, guys, that'll do it for Finside Radio. This is the Jake and Josh Show. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five- or ten-star review if you're able to do that. I don't think you're able to do that. Follow Jake on Twitter at J-M-E-N-D-E-L-94. For SB Nation's Finside Radio, the Jake and Josh Show, we'll be back on Monday with our recap. But until then, enjoy your weekend, and most importantly, Fins up. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one.